Hello and welcome to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast, where Nick Benson and my dad Justin Moss talk about being salt and light in a bland and dark world. Welcome back to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. My name is Nick Benson, and as always, joined by my brother Justin Moss. Hi, Nicholas. Hello, Justin. How are you today? Welcome. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Just happy to see you. Me too, actually. A little breath of fresh air. You're saying I'm a breath of fresh air, Nick? Yeah. I'm a little flattered. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it was weird, but I'm flattered. <laughs> can't wait to tell my wife. I can't wait to yeah. tell my wife. You know, you're in the presence of the breath <laughs> of a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Hopefully you had some gum or some search or something. Uh, no. I guess that'd be fresh air. Yeah, that, that would be fresh. <laughs> um, here on the Preserve and Illuminate podcast, we like to talk about being salt and light uh, in a bland and dark world and we pray that this episode, episode 83, is no different. Um, this week, man, seems like every week there's always something that's just, um, you know, perfect because God's timing is perfect, but always mm. something that kind of comes right in the in the, in the the nick of time <laughs> in order to for us to talk about. Because I feel like this, this topic kind of came, you know, within the last 24 hours or so that we haven't fully, like, you know, prepared or you can say, but at the mm-hmm. same time, seemed like it was like an an easy thing to talk about because um, I feel like the Lord has uh, been working this like on me and in me for the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when I asked you, what, what do you want to talk about or what's, what's on your heart? You, you know, so when you replied, you said uh, wingman, you know, so uh, importance of fellowship and accountability. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, Top Gun uh, is the first thought I had when you said wingman. No way. Because. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to hit you with the left hook. All right, you're, you're thinking right hand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stuck it in like Tyson. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, um, my sister, mm-hmm. um, she calls Isaac Iceman. Mm-hmm. And she's always called him that because of. Um, that quote from the first Top Gun is like, um, he comes up to, I think it's, I think Iceman comes up to Maverick at the end of the movie and says, you can always be my wingman or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then what is his response? I can't remember now. Oh, man. <laughs> Shame on me for bringing it up. What does he say? I can't say bad words. Oh. Yeah. I was hoping I could <laughs> well, get you to say a bad word. That's why I didn't remember. Thanks a lot. <laughs> trying to bring me back to BC days. I'm just trying to get you to sin right yeah, now. Before COVID. <laughs> Uh, Does that mean I'm not your wingman, Nick? You, actually, this is where I was going. So, and that being said, you know, I feel like um, this podcast has kind of brought us together, and I feel like you are my wingman in a sense. sense. And you could be mine. Yeah, and they go. I was, I was just gonna say it's probably gonna go back and forth with that, <laughs> but that's exactly what Maverick and Iceman would argue about too. You know, like who's not necessarily who's the best. I think that's how Iceman was. He was like mm-hmm. trying to be the best, but Maverick was just about being his best he was always trying to push his limit and mm-hmm. i feel like that's even what the new one's about but they bring in the wingman aspect of it which we you know we read in genesis how god says it's not good for man to be alone mm-hmm. and you know we take that um into a marriage context because you know we're both married so we have you know what proverbs to says, women not together just yeah. so <laughs> I had to clear that up, Nick. Maybe somebody heard this for the first time, and they're like, nope. I had to clear it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm this, uh, what kind of weird Christian stuff is this? 
<laughs> Anyways, um, no, I don't even know what I was saying. I know this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so messing you up right now. <laughs> but I, you know, for for me, I feel like within the last couple years, we've seen how. Uh, how important fellowship and accountability is and having a wingman and having someone that you can go to in times of need or even like a time of uh, uh, like a praise report or even a time of like that sharpening where you have questions, you know, so, you know, for, for me, you are that and and you have been, but even, you know, even before I think we started this, this podcast, I think that's kind of what kind of gradually brought us to this podcast is, mm. The Lord brought us together and then started using our conversations and giving us, you know, a little more things to talk about where we're like, man, we should be like recording these or something. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, here we are. Here now. we are. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, my, uh, like I said, my sister calls my, my son, my oldest son, Iceman. And that's mm-hmm. because she, um, he was like influential in her walk even. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, a kid which kids are, do that, you know, they kind of keep you accountable because they're so blunt mm-hmm. um, in so many different ways. But he would ask her things and she wanted to have the answers for him. So it kind of kept her accountable and also helped her grow, which she called, you know, you can be my wingman. So that's why she called mm-hmm. him Iceman. And of course, Isaac Iceman, so like works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like special to me. And, and then obviously the whole Top Gun thing and um, even my middle son, I call him Goose. That's his, mm-hmm. but he was a silly goose. But at the same time, he's picked up a name, another name, you know. So, um, but yes, importance of fellowship and accountability. Before I rant and rave too much about Top Gun, um, where where was your heart on that? I didn't even know that's what we're doing oh. the podcast on. <laughs> um, there's a couple of things because like it's important for us as men to understand that we don't have to go at this walk alone. Yeah. And then, you know, that fellowship and accountability is such an important part, but every one of us as Christian men need like a wingman. You need, like you mentioned earlier, somebody you can call in that time of need, somebody you can count on to pray, you know, pray with you, somebody you can go and have some fun and fellowship with, um, but will also be edifying and it won't be, you know, trying to get you to, uh, to trip up and fall into sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but also somebody that's going to hold you accountable, you know, and, and oftentimes the people that strike those chords in a collective end up being people that we're attracted to and want. And I don't mean it in a weird way, but you want to be friends with that person and you want to be around that person. Mm-hmm. You want to hang out with that person and, um, and and listen to them and then have conversations like what we're doing right now. And that's important for us. And I think that's how, like you mentioned, like even our podcast came about because you and I just love to like talk about the Lord and about life. And we have, you know, these common bonds, whether it's, you know, church, Jesus, you know, athletics, you know, family, um, you know, we have these things that we have in common. Um, but so does a lot of other people, you know, in, in the world. Um, but God kind of weaves these people into the fabric of our lives on purpose because Mm -hmm. that's what will strengthen us he's not going to weave in something that's weak he's going to weave in that strength and those are the people that we need you know as wingmen Mm -hmm. right and specifically you know somebody that can be your wingman and even as i was kind of you know thinking about the topic like i was like debating on whether i should even send it 
because I was like, man, he's going to throw the whole Top Gun thing. And I got to remind him that the first one was a love story. (laughs) (laughs) It was a chick flick. Yeah, you fast forward to those parts. There's a lot of them. You might miss the whole movie. Don't fast forward too fast. Go look a plane. Fast forward. They say haters are going to (laughs) hate. Another plane. Fast forward. (laughs) Can't take you anywhere. I know. Seriously. (laughs) Um, but the, 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 the thought that came to mind was like, you know, praise the Lord that, that, that I have a brother like you in my life, mm-hmm. you know, praise the, praise the Lord that we have people that we can look to, mm-hmm. um, for that. Um, because if, if we don't, you know, like you mentioned in Genesis, you know, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of our, our current society is doing everything it can to kind of, you know, isolate mm. men mm-hmm. and to isolate them from the pack. Mm. And when that happens then the enemy can attack. And I was having a conversation with Jordan, you know, about that. Like he has to be mindful about like even what he does throughout the day um, because the enemy is looking to isolate people from the pack. And then I gave him an example of, you know, some of the nature shows that we watch how, you know, the lions will intentionally, you know, go after the herd and try to scatter them. And then a bunch of them will go in the same direction because they know there's protection in numbers. Mm-hmm. But then there's one or two that will just kind of like just make one little wrong turn and then look back and then realize, oh, I'm in trouble and then start going the opposite way. And then they run right into the next line that was waiting and they fell into the trap. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the enemy's, you know, trying to do. Mm-hmm. But if you have a wingman, yeah, he'll come up next to you and be like, oh, no, no, we got to yeah, go this way. way Knock yeah. it off. We're going this way, right? right? And that's the, the the you know the purpose of, of what came to to mind for me. Um, there's a couple of proverbs that I wanna that I wanna read because we have to we got to go to proverbs on this one, right? Yeah. Um, but proverbs eighteen twenty four it says a man has friends. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, right? Which mm-hmm. is important, right? Because there's some duality in that relationship. You can't have a take 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 without giving. Right. Uh, but the second portion of it says, but there was a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm. And, you know, oftentimes in within our families, if we look back in um, the, the, the Bible, especially the Old Testament, and you look at some of the brotherly relationships, they weren't necessarily the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was always a friend that would remain close. There was always that, that fellowship and that accountability that was supplied and none greater than, uh, in my opinion, than, than the David and Jonathan relationship, which we'll get to later. Mm. Um, but it's important for us to realize that. And then Proverbs seventeen seven says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And again, you know, similar concept, but the importance is recognizing, you know, that people are there to help and support you. Uh, and then the last one is uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Or says iron sharpens iron as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend mm. um the important word and one that it stuck out to me is that word countenance because a lot of times when the lord puts somebody on your heart when you send that message out to them saying you know i'm praying for you the lord put you on my heart or i was just thinking about you just want you to know you're prayed for however you know you do it when the person receives that that kind of sharpens their countenance. There's mm-hmm. like, okay, you realize like I, I may or may not be going through something, but somebody's praying for me, right? Somebody's in the spiritual battle with me. Yeah. And that does kind of, you know, sharpen your countenance. You're like, okay, there's hope. Mm. 
And the more we do that um, to each other in sincerity, of course, um, the better it is um, to have and understand what a wingman is supposed to do. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, one of the the, the main components that, that, you know, I was able to kind of ruminate on a little bit. Yeah. And it uh, it actually reminded me of what I was saying when you cut me off earlier too, because Proverbs was actually what I was going to mention. Oh, it was eight. It? No, it was funny because you said eighteen twenty four, but I was getting to the point of where you know God says that you know we were uh, created, but not it's not good for us to be alone. So then He creates, yeah, uh, you know, Adam's helper creates a companion in Eve, and then mm-hmm. a wife. And to me, I think that's like. That was my first solid form of fellowship and accountability was with my my wife, you know, because 1822 says the man, Proverbs 1822, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he mm-hmm. receives favor from the Lord. And like I always, you know, uh, put that verse on my wife's like, you know, cards of, you know, either birthday card or, um, you know, our, our anniversary card or something like that, because. I feel like, you know, because I was given a wife, I have a companion and I do have someone to fellowship with outside of trying to find it in the world mm-hmm. and then also have someone that can keep me accountable. And the pastor talked about, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago when he went over to the, the wife side of Ephesians, mm-hmm. he kept mentioning over and over how Marie makes him a better man. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, I, I agree. And I could see that because obviously we're men, but. I truly believe that my wife has made me a better man because she's kept me accountable in mm-hmm. ways that I like I, I couldn't have done myself. And I feel like a, a brother wouldn't have been able to do either, you know. Mm-hmm. So I praise God for that. And that's why I love it, because he says he receives, you know, one who finds a wife as a treasure. This is NLT. And he receives favor from the Lord. So not only do you find, find treasure, but you also receive favor. Like it's like a powerful verse for those that are married. Uh, because we we have to we have to think of our our wives as that as a treasure and to to realize that she's given from you know she was given to us by the Lord so we have to not take that for granted we have to treasure her as much as it was a treasure to us and she's a treasure to us mm. um, but going along with what you were saying as far as you know the brotherly fellowship and the accountability there um, it made me think of um, Nehemiah three, hmm. because in our in our um, homeschool study or dad study, we we're going we we're going through Nehemiah, and that was one of the talking points that was brought up in our in our small groups um, gathering that I didn't think about. But in Nehemiah three, it, it lists, and honestly, I didn't think about it because you kind of glance over these type of chapters. If I'm being 100 uh, percent transparent with everybody, because you start reading them and it's a list, a name after a name, after a gate name, after a family name. But I did think it was <clears throat> like what I first applied from it was how um, how everybody worked and everyone put their hand to the the plow per se mm-hmm. everyone everyone built in front of their house and everyone put work in no you know no one really didn't work. But one of the brothers brought up that next to is like repeated over and over. Next mm-hmm. to, next to, next to. So and so built this. Next to, you know, so and so. Next to, next to. So, um, and his point was that's us mm-hmm. as one as brothers, but as as you know, and it was a smaller group, so it was our, us homeschool dads. But you know, take this in the in a broader sense, and us as Christians, even you know, say Christian men, we have to. W- 
hold up our shield and also walk, but also remember that we're next to this brother and also on this left side next to this brother. Like we have to walk together because like you said, we're going to need the the wingman or even the help and protection from that lion trying to divide us and trying to get us isolated so mm-hmm. it's easier to attack. Mm-hmm. He loves that that easy opportunity. He doesn't go after the big the big pack. He goes after the easy easy picking. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that we have to recognize as men. Um, and because you use that, those two words, like you have to ask ourselves, like, who are we next to? Yeah. Or what are we next to? True. Um, huh. Because that's, that is either your protection or your demise. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, because I, I remember we were, Jordan and I and Marla were watching a show, and it was, um, I think, it was either the the musk oxes or um, or bison. Either way, mm. but they um, they had some wolves that were trying to basically kind of you know get one of them, and it was a younger one. Well, one of the one of the males kind of like peeled off a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was, and it looked like like that male was going to get you know separated and attacked. That male actually peeled off, came back, and just bucked. <laughs> Yeah, it just <laughs> bucked one of those wolves. And I was like, whoa. And, um, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, like, you know, that's what a wingman would do. He mm-hmm. would peel off, come back and say, nope. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> and then that's that intercession of prayer or that intercession of, of, of a phone call or even just grabbing somebody by the arm and saying, you can't go there. Not today. That's not happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what that's what a wingman, a wingman does. And that's what we need. And I like how. You brought up our wives too, because you know us and our wives are accountable to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the relationship, we're also a representation um, of what our relationship with God is supposed to be, and what Jesus's relationship with the church is supposed to be. Yeah. And if we can't get that together, then we don't show that to our children or anybody else that's around us, mm-hmm. and they may miss it. They may miss it, and right. it's not because they weren't looking. It's because they were looking, and they saw, and that was not what it was Nothing. supposed to be. Yeah. Right? Sure. And you mentioned, you know, about, you know, what verse you put on um, on cards for your wives. I put 522 in Marla's, Ephesians 522. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, submit. <laughs> you submit. Yeah, she I'm probably kidding. loves that one. No. <laughs> I'm probably going to be in trouble right now, but that's all right. It was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> Sorry, Marla. I'm not. Okay, I am. That's All right. Sorry. I know. Nick, sorry for me. He's my wingman. He's got my back. I got you back. <laughs> be better. Gotta be better. Lord, help us. Help Marla, actually, to submit. Oh, no. All right, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm not part of this. I'm not part of this. I'm out of here. This was Nick's idea. This was Nick's idea. <laughs> Nick, can I spend the night tonight? <laughs> I'm not here no more. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like our... Our relationships and those accountabilities and finding that, you know, that that woman that makes you better um, is so much more important. Right. Because what ends up happening is, you know, as husbands and wives, we continue to keep that standard and sometimes even raise it for each other Mm -hmm. um, in the in those points of accountability. But we do that. So, you know, to edify each other and to represent, you know, the the grace and mercy and love that God has shown us in Jesus. Mm but to show our children and our neighbors and people at church and everybody else around us, um, you know, what a, what a relationship uh, in the Lord looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, What, 
what a wing person looks like and mm-hmm. what a wing man should be and then how it's okay to lean on others for help mm-hmm. it's okay to receive that constructive criticism and, and 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 to apply it it's okay um you know to know that we're all sinners but we're also saved by grace mm-hmm. um, and those things should be exhibited you know in our in our relationships you know something that stuck out to me even as i was thinking about this topic um was james um chapter four um verse four because of what it yeah because of what it what it says it says adulterers and adulteresses do you not know that a friendship with the world is enmity with god whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of god we have two choices Right. We're either of God or we're not. Right. We're either, you know, from heaven or we're, for, or we're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that, you know, when we are supporting each other, that that's the way we're guiding people. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we've all we all have those examples of bad, um, bad recommendation, bad support, mm-hmm. you know, people that have just led us astray or have just, you know, agreed with sin and minimized it, not understanding that that's in the face of God. Don't mistake that we're not to condemn people. We're to make sure that we point people to Jesus and understand the, um, you know, the path to forgiveness goes through the cross and nothing else. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like we can't commingle the world and God, right. right? Because if you have any part of the world, it has no part of God right. and vice versa, right? Any part of God has no part of the world. Yeah. So we have to make sure that we as wing people, you know, kind of have that line drawn in the sand. But do not mistake the fact that, you know, that what he says here and what James is saying is, you know, very stark. And um, we have to be careful so that we're not an enemy of God. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of convicting, too, because it, it just made me think of. Uh, like uh, the definition here I have uh, for fellowship says it means companionship, a relationship or sorry says means companionship a relation in which parties hold something in common familiar interaction um so it, you know it made me think of sports because i could go and this goes for any ministry you know fill in the blank but i'm gonna use sports and athletics because i can go and play sports um anywhere really and get a worldly environment of sport mm-hmm. and secular competition and, you know, not necessarily bad, but yeah, it's a different environment and it can get a little more fleshly quick. Uh, it can get more fleshly quicker, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, that's one of the precious things about athletics ministry is you get people in the flesh. You catch them. Yeah, you catch them in the immediately moment. in the mm-hmm. moment, which is, uh, I don't think any other ministry really has that uh, privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And honor, um, so you gotta you gotta be ready and make sure that you're not gonna be in that fleshly experience. So I think that's part of the accountability side for us. But um, using the fellowship, I can go anywhere and play a sport. I can go sign up at a gym somewhere, play basketball. I can mm-hmm. you know go play soccer somewhere, baseball, softball, and you get the worldly environment. Uh, so then you become friends with the world in a way because mm-hmm. you're associating, um, which can some people can deal and 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 have no problem like someone that doesn't have a drinking problem can go into a bar and order food and not have a problem right if a person has a drinking problem or had going into the bar may stumble them because of the smell the sounds and may bring up old stuff so mm-hmm. 
the fellowship is like a like-minded what that's what it's saying a relation and a relation in which parties hold something in common so like true fellowship is that gathering of that like-mindedness and i that's what i have appreciated from day one from from the athletics ministry because it is exactly that like Mm -hmm. even though we're playing a sport even though we are getting competitive it's still a like-minded interaction a familiar interaction because we're all there for one uh, purpose you know mm-hmm. for a main purpose and then everything else is kind of like you know icing on the cake mm-hmm. um but when you go play at a secular environment that main purpose is just your purpose it's not someone else's reason they're there at that gym playing or whatever because they mm-hmm. could be playing because they think they're in the world cup or you know playing for a trophy which we're not but mm. at least in the in the athletics ministry through church you can at least check everybody's heart from the beginning of it because you do a devotion you pray mm. you kind of you know you're there to remind people and kind of keep each other accountable to not you know get mad or start throwing right. things and you know fall prey to sin right right and, and <laughs> you know so i think that's like important to really remember that that's what fellowship is about is that like-minded gathering because we can go to a, 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 you know, say like a business party, a work environment party, and try to call it fellowship. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the what Bible is talking about. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the Word of God is not saying to go, you know, fellowship with unbelievers. Yeah, we got to be there to, you know, talk to them about Jesus. That's the only way they'll hear about it, and we have to be able to be a witness and reflect. But it's not saying to like break bread as in like an intimate coming together like a fellowship is talking about and like mm-hmm. that fellowship like what well, we're talking about being wingmen having each other's back like that's like a that's like a brotherly bond mm-hmm. different than what you're going to get in a in say a worldly environment especially a, a party or something like that right and in in, in any type of like social yeah. social gathering you know it's not it's not limited to the confines that most people would try to put it in Thank you know you. what i mean yeah. because sometimes you know you would go to a, a, a birthday party mm-hmm. of a cousin or a family member and you in the mind of a family you're like oh this is my family mm-hmm. but you have to be careful because you know some of those people may be smoking marijuana they may be drinking mm-hmm. they may do be doing stuff that's very offensive and to your point that's mm-hmm. not a like-minded environment for you right and we have to be careful to not call that you know fellowship right you know what i mean because yeah. that in itself could um could taint what we are calling holy mm. and that is us you know starting to co-mingle the world with the same very thing that we're trying to protect ourselves from and asking god to save us from you mm. know what i mean so we have to be you know very mindful and i'm not saying don't go to those things by any means that's right. not what i'm saying but just know where you are who you are more importantly and whose you are mm. um but what your purpose is in those situations, right? right? So your purpose isn't to necessarily go in and partake, but to be a light. Right. And that doesn't mean you go stand on the table of a people that are drinking and you start condemning them and waving <laughs> your Bible in their face and telling them that they're all going to hell. Um, yeah, but you look for opportunities work. just to have a conversation. It's not about what they're doing. You try right. to draw them away from that, right? Yeah. Um, or you try to get them to talk so much that they can't take a, take a sip of their of their beverage, right? right? Or more, say, hey, more. let's go for a walk. Yeah. I want to tell you something, yeah. you know? Um, so us as, 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 as Christians have that chance to be the light, but we have to understand, to your point, like that fellowship that we need is important. Um, 
and how we do it and where we do it is just as important as as well um, because if you're not doing it because of those particular situations or you're looking for the right opportunity it may it may never happen right and the enemy does a great job at convincing men that they aren't a part of something and that's why like our men's ministry at church is just so important because it's it's trying to bring the men together and saying this is what a godly man is this is what godly men do mm-hmm. and this is this is an area where you could be the man that god called you to be and we can sharpen each other and then we go out in the world and, mm-hmm. and we're shining brighter than we could we could we could ever imagine you know case in point you know the the barbecues that we have the conferences that we have like when you when you look around and you see like almost everybody's smiling right like a bunch of like a bunch of fools you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like we're all smiling um and happy to be there and uh, there's not many places that you'll go where you'll actually see a bunch of men together Mm -hmm. that are all smiling Mm -hmm. and having fun right and let alone like the fellowship and the um like when he's (laughs) when you see like like brothers hugging and everything like that that's not what the world would tell you to do you know what i mean so it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting but i'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up mm-hmm. but it's it's funny it's funny that you mentioned the you know how our fellowship looks different or may even sound different than what what the world thinks of as when men are gathering mm-hmm. um it made me think of this uh, like 2 weeks ago we're doing like a, a taco thing at church and uh, a couple brothers um, were, were barbecuing the, the, the meat, you know, and at the, the back right of it, there was like the grease and stuff was like running to this specific spot. It's probably because it was sitting at a downhill. So it was like mm-hmm. leaking. So they had like a tray uh, set up, but when it got to a certain point, it was like splashing. Mm. And the one brother, uh, Joe, that was cooking on that side, I was like, oh, man, I was like, is it splashing, you know, like all over you? Because, you know, picturing like a park party, like mm. you come dressed, you know, proper dressed right. to impress. And then you got like this meat juice splashing all over your shoes and pants. You'd probably be pretty upset mm-hmm. or like it kind of ruin the moment or the day. And uh, he he looks down. And he was like, yeah, I didn't notice that already. He was like, but. The Lord had me wear these golf shoes today that like it's made to just you can get wet and you just wipe them off. So he's like he knew that I didn't want to that I didn't need to wear like suede shoes or something that mm. would have got ruined. So he was like already onto like the the positive side of what right. was happening. And I was like, you know, it made me think of that because worldly, like if you mess up somebody's shoes or you it's know, on. it's on. <laughs> so, you know, and the way his reaction was like opposite. It was just like, oh no, you know, the Lord actually had me wear these plastic shoes for some reason and now mm. i know why right i was like wow that was cool but it, yeah and that fellowship kind of it do, people see it and they notice it and i'm trying to think i'm trying to think where i was I'm trying to think. oh I, we were in um we were in solvang yeah we were in solvang hmm. and we i think we were on our way back from uh, cambria and we stayed in solvang either way we were on. We we stopped in Solvang, and um, um, we were just kind of getting some food and and, and kind of cruising around and checking out the little shops and everything that are in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw a brother from church, wow, and his and his wife, and we were like, oh wow! So we were hugging each other, and you know, we were like, we were talking. You know, we were there for like 10, 15 minutes, 
uh, why are you here? It was her wedding anniversary. We like, why are you here? We're just on our way back home from vacation and mm-hmm. we stopped here. Um, and you know, we, we, we visited for a while and then, and then kind of like, um, we're saying our goodbyes and gave hugs and laughed and, you know, me and the dude were kind of joking with each other a little bit. Um, and then I just happened to look and it, it, it didn't, it didn't dawn on me. Um, but a lady and her husband were sitting on a bench on the sidewalk cause this all happened on the sidewalk, but mm. they were like no more than like two or three feet away from us. Mm. And they were there the whole time mm. and they were just like looking like, like who are these people like they just ran into each other and they're like hugging on each yeah. other and these two dudes yeah you know were like you know they were like it was a that was an embrace yeah but you could see <laughs> so the lady goes how how do you guys know each other and i was like oh we go to church together and then like this like this look on her face just like completely changed like she was like dumbfounded because mm. she was expecting like family or right. yeah. neighbors yeah and she was just like church yeah like she had like no like concept of what that fellowship was like mm-hmm. she was like blown away she's like so you're not really you know in her mind you could see it like you're not related you're not you're not um you know tied to each other you guys just go to a church mm. you could just tell she was like shocked she couldn't believe it <laughs> but that's that fellowship that people don't understand unless you have it and when you have it like you you cherish it yeah you know it's it's very it's very special so, you know, the challenge for, for us is to, to have those opportunities for that, um, for that fellowship, for that accountability, for that, that, that wingman to be, to be there. Because, you know, the, the way that we were created as a church body um, is exactly that. That's what God wanted. Like everybody has like a certain skill set and a, a certain member of the body that they are, yeah. that they're bringing. Yeah. But, you know, if... If you don't have, you know, if you don't have, you know, a pinky, then you can't grab things like you're supposed to. If you don't have, you know, a shoulder, then you can't lift or help anything. Right. And when you're missing those things, the body is, you know, what we would call, you know, um, let's say unable to, to perform or, you know, it's weak or it can't do what it's supposed to do. But when a fully functioning body is working, it cannot be stopped. Mm. And that's, you know, that's part of you know who we're called to be. Mm. Yeah, like, um, in the Unger's Dictionary, it says love for and fellowship with one another are necessary to and an evidence of fellowship with God. And I think, like, I can't help but think of, like, there could be, you know, I'm sure there is, actually, that there's churches right now that don't have that type of fellowship. Mm-hmm. Because I remember being a kid and, and attending different churches with my parents as we've like moved and things like that. And there was never, it was just like going to church and going home. It mm-hmm. was just something, it was like a, an activity or a, a habit you did on Sunday. And I think that's where people um, get discouraged from going to church because then they just feel like it's that. And after doing that so many times, it feels like a job or it feels like Groundhog Day and you don't want to do the same thing over and over. So you sh- you know switch it up where for me personally, the fellowshipping part, the fact that I can't walk through church grounds without, you know, without knowing or saying hi to someone like um, um, it excites me because I feel like one, not only am I being encouraged by that person embracing me but I pray that they're being encouraged that I'm embracing them Mm -hmm. because 
I could walk through there with blinders on and kind of just pass through people or go around. Why are you looking at me while you're saying this? Like, if I do that. <laughs> like, if I do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe because you do. I do. Like, I'm on a mission. Long way. Uh, I'm on a mission. Um, but I, you know, because I, I, you know, truly love to encourage, but also love to be encouraged. So, and it works both ways I've found, you know, mm-hmm. like where as much as I'm encouraging someone else, I get encouraged just the same, if not more from mm-hmm. either the same interaction or from someone else that just kind of completely comes out of nowhere. Because like, even you know, like for me, having that interaction that you just explained and then having that lady react the way she did would mm-hmm. have been encouragement to me because I'm like, I was like, yeah, like I would feel like, like, yes, Lord, I left a, a like a, a witness or a reflection of you that mm-hmm. someone's not going to be able to understand. I pray that, you know, you water that seed like mm-hmm. so that she can understand. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of like probably keep it moving. You can't get too Unless they ask more questions, right? And kind of the door opens the door a little opens, more, yeah. you know. Like then you then you can kind of hit them with it. But like you said, you can't jump on top of that table and just start yelling out, "You're a sinner! You're a sinner!" Yeah. And like you know, pointing everyone out because we're a sinner too, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but that like-minded fellowship, in my opinion, um, was illuminated with the whole COVID thing, mm-hmm. like with that shutdown and everything getting removed. I truly felt like something was missing, but I still was going to work. I still had, you know, some sort of man-to-man interactions because I had fellow coworkers I was working with. We never shut down. So, like, Mm. that part was still there, but there was a a chunk of our lives missing, and it was that that gathering, Mm. you know, like, because we were not necessarily neglecting, but it was removed for a moment, a few weeks there. Um, And then when it came back, it was like like a whole new renewal of joy and then mm-hmm. i like really i had i had told my wife i was like we have to hold this like we mm-hmm. got to like not lose this again mm-hmm. like try to like what you know if there's a woman's thing happening like you need to do it if there's a men's thing happening i need to do it and like let's keep each other accountable in that way if there's a kids thing let's try to make it happen where they can do it cuz they mm-hmm. need the fellowship just as much as as we do cuz like-minded gathering fellowship you know is needed on all aspects from our children all the way up to us so Mm -hmm. can't neglect it yeah and as you were talking about um like the church and the interactions and how you know a lot of people will come to church and they'll just do their thing like they'll punch the clock they'll be like okay i did my i did my thing that i was supposed to do sunday morning and now i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. do it you know the rest of it and it's interesting, and there's probably going to be some conviction here for people that may get upset with me, but it's interesting how some people will make sure that they go to, you know, first service during football season to make sure that they can catch all the football games. Ooh, you know what I mean? Just it, saying. I did. Just saying. So that they can catch all the football games. You know, they'll they'll literally, like, switch their service that they're going to because of that. And I'm not saying that's wrong or right or whatever, but the intentions of what you're doing have to be at the forefront. If you're going to church to receive to 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 you know receive something and you're not bringing anything to give and I'm not talking about a tithe, but if you're not bringing anything to give, then you may want to check yourself about what your purpose in the body is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Because if you walk away with something and you don't give anything, mm. then you just stole. Mm. You know what I mean? So we have to be mindful of that. And it's a church when people are there to give. And that's why the servants 
have a, a better um, fellowship, they have a better relationship, they have a better um, belonging in the church because they're coming to give. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, you cannot outgive God. And I challenge you, try it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Try to outgive God. So just give him everything that you can. And I guarantee you're going to come back fuller than when you showed up. Guaranteed. Right. Guaranteed. Without a question. Without a question. Um, but with that, I, I kind of wanted to to talk about um, Jonathan and David. Nice. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going it, to, there's a couple of big portions here. So it's going to be 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4, and then 1 Samuel 20 one through four. These are just two instances that prove, you know, what a wingman is supposed to be. And you'll notice that there is, there's love, there's, there's sacrifice. Um, but there's also like a component of watching out for each other. Right. And, um, you know, in, in paramilitary training, they'll call it like watching your six, which means to, to, to watch your back. Yeah. Right. And somebody's always watching, watching your back. So 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. It says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor even to his sword and his bow and his belt. We have to realize that Saul, that Jonathan was a son of Saul, who was basically a, a prince, right, to, to kind of give us some clarity here. And he gave all of his princely um, honors, right, that you would visually see on a prince, and he gave them all to David. Yeah. And he said, this is yours. This is how much I love you. There's there's way more to it, and, I, and, and I'm not going to get into it, although I'd love to. But basically, Jonathan took everything that was given to him, right, and gave it to, to, to David. But that was like a protection, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can have everything that I have. This is the proverbial giving your shirt off of your own back. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, that, that protection, physical and spiritual, and a sign to everybody else that is in that kingdom that this is my brother. Mm-hmm. He is part of the family. This is when you see him, you see me. And that's saying to everybody that when you see Jonathan, you see Saul. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's David's kingship going before him that, that that's not going to be recognized for a little bit longer here, mm-hmm. at least formally. Yeah. Um, so but because of that, like that is what a wingman will do. He gave up everything that he have to make sure that you are protected and covered and loved. Mm-hmm. We go to First uh, Samuel chapter 20. Uh, verses verses one through four, and we read. Then David fled from Naoth and Ramah, and went and said to Jonathan, "What have I done? What is my iniquity, and what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life?" So Jonathan said to him, "By no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will be nothing, either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me?" It is not so. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. 
So you have to realize, you know, David is fully on the run. Mm. He's his, his life has been under attack from the from the king, and he hasn't done anything to receive this treatment, but is basically out of jealousy that he's in this position. But Jonathan lets him know, like, whatever you need, I'll do. Mm. You tell me what it is, right? And he basically took everything that David was afraid of and wiped the slate clean. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 could have obviously reminded him, like, I already gave you everything that I have. I gave you all these garments. And we know the story as it goes on where um, David has to end up fleeing. But the fact of the relationship between the two and how their hearts were knit together and how Jonathan would go to his own dad seeking information and then relay that to anybody else is a sentence. It's a death sentence, absolute death sentence. He betrayed the king and he's to die. Mm. Son or not, mm. right? He betrayed the king. But that's what he was willing to do, a step between the death of David and sacrifice his own life so that David would live. Mm. And that's what a wingman is. And this was one of the, the, the examples that the Lord brought to my heart to share with you guys because that's truly what a wingman should do. Right. No greater love. Uh oh. Uh oh. That might be coming later. Yeah. That might be coming later. Am I going? Am I jumping ahead? No, you're good. good. That's cool. No, no, I didn't. That's actually just just what I was thinking. Sorry. Sorry. Boom. Mic drop. I brought. Yeah. I brought it. I brought it. It's been brought in. But uh, I, I, yeah. First Samuel, Second Samuel have a new close spot in my heart after doing that study through Mm -hmm. through it. Um, this past like uh year, I guess. It was, uh, but that that friendship is one that people like to confuse. But that's like the perfect example of what, you know, like that brotherly bond should be like. Yeah. Especially for for us as believers, because that that love for one another, another one, it shows our love for God. But two, it also reflects God's love for others in what they're seeing. So that like the you know, the couple that saw you guys embrace, you know, haven't seen, you know, like you guys haven't seen each other forever, but it's like, no, we go to church together. It's just cool to see each other here. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that has to be like, you even said like, you know, Jonathan was like, whatever you need, what, what, you know, tell me and I'll Mm -hmm. do it. It made me think of, you know, the people that could be sick right now or the people that could need um, even a prayer or a helping hand as far as like moving something uh, maybe even financially, whatever the situation may be, because um, people don't like to talk about problems, mm-hmm. you know, and if you ask them, hey, how you doing? It's usually just going to be like an okay, you know, mm-hmm. like they're like, oh, it's cool. I'm great. Um, but, you know, really try to find out if there's something or somewhere you can help and pray about it, too, because if if you're praying and the Lord's put like someone in your in your head, like in the moment of prayer, like reach out to that person about like, you know, because they could be, like I said, sick or going through something that they wouldn't have said unless you asked. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't want to go into details, but you'll you'll you know, like when you're when you're uh, sitting somewhere and you s- like see somebody that visibly looks like they need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. That's the Lord like mm-hmm. showing you go talk to them. Yeah, because it. The fellowship between between us, um, like I said, not only encourages them but also encourages us. But we don't know what people are going through, especially yeah. at church. Yeah, like church yeah. is like a hospital mm. <laughs> for sick people, you know. So if you see somebody by themselves, like I said, or if you see somebody um, visibly struggling, like mm-hmm. crying or whatever, 
it's our job. The Lord's kind of put that responsibility on you because you saw it. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's purposely illuminating that person. Like, hey, you know, reach out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be comfortable. Mm-mm. Reach out. Yeah. You know, and, and I know, and I made a joke, you know, about you, like, you know, skating around and riding your heelys around the outside so nobody yeah, can yeah. catch you. But it. I know you're there early, and I know you're there, you know, for anybody and everybody that needs it. And, yeah, you may be leaving that quick after service, but, you know, it's it's because, one, you're probably going to do family stuff, which is... Dairy Queen. Maybe, <laughs> but with your family. <laughs> so it's like a double, a double win, so no wonder you're out so quick. But, you know, and, and that's, you know, we, we can't be judgmental on what people are doing either because we mm-hmm. all are, like you said, we're all playing different roles. We're all, we're all different body parts. So who mm-hmm. knows what they're really doing for the, for that moment. But if the Lord's put someone or something on your heart, don't be afraid to, to step up to it. Mm-hmm. We need that. Yeah. Amen. And, um, it's, it's important for us to pray for that. And then, um, not to necessarily seek to be um, the saver of souls because that's what Jesus did. You mm-hmm. know, we just have to be available right. for people. And you don't, like, to your point, like I, I was just kind of like thinking about like the, like so many times that I've had, you know, what the world would call chance encounters, but were truly divine appointments mm-hmm. um, of just talking to people because it was easy in the beginning for me to avail myself at church to serve, it was different to, to open myself up to, to, to talk to people and pray with people. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because, you know, one, I didn't feel like I was even worthy for anything like that, but two that, you know, I don't know what to say. And that's the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as weird as it sounds like, that's good. That's a place you want to be. Like you should, <laughs> right. if you know what to say, then you should not say anything, <laughs> right? You need to shut up, yeah. <laughs> right? Because that's not that's not the Lord, right? It's if you turn to know, listen, if you turn to listen, <laughs> but just being there and 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 um, to avail yourself for people to listen to them. I, I mean, I, I've I've been blown away by some of the stuff that people have shared, mm. uh, the the comfort level that people have had with you know somebody like me, and more often than not, like I have no words. I just you know like let's pray. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't have, I don't have answers for you. Right. Let's, God does. <laughs> yeah. Right. But let's, let's pray, but availing yourselves for that opportunity because those people that you have those interactions with, like they, they, let me put it this way, their view of the church, not our church, but the church begins to change mm-hmm. slowly, but surely where they see that they have a place here. They have people that care for them. They have this person that they just happened to meet mm-hmm. that listened mm-hmm. and prayed and told them like, I'm not done. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to pray for you and I hope to see you soon. Um, and, and you have those chance encounters and then they understand, you know, to the point of, of what our title is, what a wingman looks like, mm-hmm. what it's like to have somebody in your corner willing to, uh, to fight the battle with you on your knees. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's important for us and it doesn't have to happen you know, at church, um, you know, Marla and I always, you know, we always laugh. Like I have this, I don't know if it's like, if you want to call it like a magnetism, but like people that like to talk, like to come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like the Lord that tests me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause there's times where I just, I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything. There's plenty of people around me, right. They like to talk, but like those people, no matter where we are, will absolutely find me. Mm-hmm. They will absolutely find me. And, um, you know, at first 
I, I used to get upset. I'm like, Lord, I'm tired of getting vomited on. Like everybody's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, like what? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, but the Lord really ministered to me and said, but you know, that's how I created you. Cause I don't want them to hear anything from you. They just need somebody to talk to you. They just need somebody. And then I was like, Oh wow. And it hit me, you know, too late in life where I was probably rude to some people. Um, you know, because I just, I, 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 in the flesh didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew that, you know, that's what the Lord had, had called me to, to do and to be. Um, but we as wingmen have to be able to, to, to do that, to understand that there's people out there that just need somebody to listen to them and to pray for them and to help them to see Jesus outside of, you know, what they would read in the Bible. They need to see it, you know, exhibited as well. And that's what a wingman should be doing. And it may not be, you know, your best friend, but you know, there's people and this has happened and it's happened to you too, where like you've, you've only prayed for them once you bumped into them once, but the next time you see them, they're like, Hey, and they're hugging you. And you're like, Whoa, I didn't, I didn't realize we had like that kind of connection. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty crazy how the Lord will, Huh? Instant brother. Instant brother. Sir, just add water. Yeah. Just add water. Oh, the holy water. The whole, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, that's funny. Side joke. Every time we see hey on the side of the road or on a truck, I, I always go, hey. Yeah. Now you're going to start doing it. Yes. <laughs> I sure am. All right. What do you got? I don't even know where we're at. Uh, uh, time wise. Um, I just wanted to end with. A couple of verses in Hebrews Bring before praying. Okay. Uh, so Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Ooh. Because I like promises. I've mentioned that before. Um, and I think this goes good with the whole fellowship and accountability. But it says, uh, let us, and this is NLT, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, from 19 to, you know, so on, you can get more of the, the context of the, the full, what, what uh, the writer's saying here. But for me, I, you know, I, one, I always like to remind myself of God's promises. So the 23 I included just because it's that holding tight without wavering to what God's affirmed. So it's like you said, like we, we've we been put here for a purpose. And if mm-hmm. it's to get vomited on every now and then, that's that's what the Lord's got us here that's for. It is. Um, but let us think of ways to motivate one of another, you know, to, to acts of love and good work. So let, let us, you know, encourage each other as, as we walk. Um, because like I said, it will come back. You're encouraging. You will be full of courage as well as we walk so let us not neglecting our meeting together so that's the fellowship part like and it says as some people do like let you know so it's easy to be lazy Hmm. it's easy to you know make our plans around whatever the tv schedule may be um but it's it's you know i always say you know nothing worth doing is ever easy and uh that's that's true for our walks you know it's not going to be an easy walk but the lord's put it in front of us and that means he's given us the strength to do it. So mm. let us uh, walk next to our brothers and encourage each other along the way. Yeah, amen. Um, real quick, I just because I want I'm, I brought it up earlier. I'm just going to read John 15 real quick, yep. 12 through 17, because we got to read that real quick. It says, "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this." 
than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give to you. These things I command you that you love one another. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just blessing us and watching over us. Thank you for um, these words that you give us in, in your word that uh, encourage us to not only continue our walk, but to also uh, pick up those around us to encourage uh, other brothers and sisters to do the same. And I just uh, I pray for those listening as we we know that um, your your return is coming soon, Lord. I pray that we take things serious and not for granted, uh, whether it be the the fellowship side, but also uh, the getting into your word and uh, worshiping side, but also um, the witness, the, our witness to, to the world. As we reflect your love and light, Lord, I pray that we are found faithful and obedient to what you've called us to, to do, whether it be uh, at work or home or wherever you got our two feet, Lord. I pray that you give us the strength and courage to do so, but I also pray for those listening that they also uh, feel your presence and 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 um, are obedient to whatever you may be calling them to do. As we are all different parts, body parts, Lord, and on your body, Lord, we just thank you for including us and choosing us, but also uh, strengthening and empowering us to do uh, what you've called us to do. We thank you, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, Jesus loves you, and so do we. Thank you for listening to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. We hope and pray this episode has brightened up your day. We appreciate you. And if possible, please post or share with anyone that may enjoy our podcast. Thank you and God bless.